Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I've got a word. And you got to know it's going to be a word when a service gets canceled. So I'm like, oh, that's it. Double dose of the Holy Ghost. Like, that is it. <laughs> so just get ready. You're going to go on a journey with me. So just take a big, deep breath. I'm a bit of a storyteller. So you're going to hear some, some real life testimony that I believe is going to shift the way we think about God and our life and what transformation really looks like. So I'm really excited to be able to share. So we're going to dive into it. Psalm 77, 14. You are the awesome God who works powerful wonders. Somebody say powerful. Powerful wonders. You have demonstrated your power among the people. Not just creation, not just the beauty that surrounds us, but power in the people. Job 37.5, God thunders with his voice wondrously, doing great things which we cannot comprehend. Ever been so bewildered that we can't even get our head around it? That is the God that we serve. He will blow our mind. Isaiah 25.1, oh Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise you. I will give thanks to your name for you have done miraculous things. Somebody say miraculous things. Y'all are going to help me preach this morning. Is that okay? Okay. You have done miraculous things, plans formed long, long ago, fulfilled with perfect faithfulness. How many know sometimes humans, they can fail us at times, but that is not God. We have to make sure we do not dumb down our Christianity to what we have experienced. Instead, we need to bring it up to the level of the Word of God. We need to measure ourselves against the Word of God and lift our eyes to the heavens where our hope comes from. Pastor Ben, I feel some hunger in the room. This is going to be a great morning. All right. The title of my message today is called Wonder Working God. That's why I asked to sing that song. There is nothing that God cannot do when we align with his heart, his spirit, and receive of him. He is a miracle working God. I pray this morning that your minds would begin to expand to the vastness, the greatness, the wonder, the incomprehensible power of the living God that we serve. I was actually reflecting on God and, and his wonderful works. I just recently went to Ecuador, and my family, I'm originally, don't try to figure out my accent, it's really messed up, okay? <laughs> I am originally from New York, I'm Italian and Jewish, and I moved to South America in Ecuador, donde yo hablo español también. Do we have anybody here? Yeah! And, uh, <laughs> and I grew up, my family, as Christian missionaries in Ecuador. So there you have it. And then I work with Australians, so I don't know. It's just, there's a lot there. Um, and so I decided to go back home after a couple years um, to Ecuador to visit the family. And it had been probably about, honestly, 25 years since we were all together for Thanksgiving. Um, my family, my, my uh, brother and sister-in-law and the family, they grew up in Ecuador and then became Christian missionaries in Italy for a season. I was in the U.S. So we were kind of all over the map, but this was the first time we were all together in a really long time for Thanksgiving. And so I was loving it. Like, it was so much fun to go, like, actually, could you put the first picture up of my family? I'll just show you um, our whole family together. 
Um, that's the whole family. Um, we've got two nephews, Jeremy and Brandon, that are not in this photo and a grandbaby. But other than that, that's the rest of the, the family, and we were all together. And uh, that's my dad there. He's 72 years old. He looks young, doesn't he? And my mom's 68. And then there's four of us, um, two brothers, one sister. And I'm going to share a little bit about them today. And uh, we're going to do a little tell-all on my family, you guys. So just get ready. Become part of the Capaldi family story. That's going to happen. And um, so it was so cool, like, going to Ecuador and sitting with the family in church. And, and, and we came in, and my, my brother was preaching that morning. My father was preaching in another service. All of my family are in business, and they're all in ministry. And so it was just kind of mind-blowing, like, as I was sitting there. And then we filled, like, two front rows of the church. And, and it was so fun. And we're just reflecting. And I just started to reflect on the goodness of God. And I, and I just thought, how did, how did we get here? How did this happen? Because sometimes when you see a picture like this, you think, oh, nice for you, Stacy. Picture perfect. I'm about to tell you the backstory. Because behind every face, there is a story, and then there's a story behind the story. And where we begin or where we start is not how we have to finish. The, what you see in front of you are all lives that have been transformed by the miracle-working power of God. Every person in my family has a backstory of pain, of trauma, of things that have happened to us that we have had to overcome in our life. And I was thinking about this in, in our own family. I was thinking about it when I was in Ecuador looking out at all the people. And third world nations, you know, they're not first world nations. And they don't have first world problems. They have third world problems. Um, and they're very real. And, and Ecuador looked a bit different when I was there, honestly, because there's such devastation happening in Venezuela. And a lot of Venezuelans had moved into Ecuador. And, and it's just created just a whole other level of poverty and all this kind of thing. And, and I was hearing all the stories uh, of all the people. And as I'm listening to them, I'm thinking, oh, like, how does, oh, that is such a dire situation. That's such a, and then it, it hit me. Yep. But it's not where their story is going to end. What has happened, the history, what they were born into, what they have experienced in life, where they have started is not where they have to finish. And I began to reflect on the miracle working power of God, and I started to get really excited. For every hard story, I knew there would be a victory. For every, every single one of them that started difficult, I knew there'd be a comeback story. Have you ever read, I'm kind of the kind of girl that when I read a book, I like to read the last page to ensure that it ends well. Like, I'm like, if it doesn't end well, I toss out the book. <laughs> I am optimistic by nature, and I like to live at that level. Yeah, so I just want to tell you today, by the end of the message, the last page, it's going to get real good, okay? It's a comeback story, all right? So I'm going to share a few things about my family, and you think, oh my gosh, I'm on the ledge. Where's this going to, it's going to get good, okay? Um, so could you, so... Just to give you a little bit, I want to share a little bit about the backstory of my family. As I was sitting there and I was recalling our individual kind of things that we have gone through and what it took to get to the place that we are at. And where we are at is not perfect. We're still going through stuff and we're still learning. But we have the power of the living God on the inside of us that changes everything. So could you show picture number two? And this is through the corridor of history. I want you to read some of the the words above and below with, with the family. These are just a few things that I pulled out about my family. And it's pretty extraordinary that we were two rows, front row in a church when you come from this. 
Um, and I just want to share a little bit um, because I truly believe it takes one in a family to be a curse breaker. And generations and legacy can happen with one person that chooses to accept the power of the Holy Spirit, a real-life encounter with Jesus. And that actually started with my father. And so my father, he was first-generation Christian. His parents were not Christian. He grew up in a Catholic home. He kind of was the all-American story, kind of came from nothing. His father and mother worked really hard. He said his dad would get up every day, go to work, come back home, do dinner with the family, watch some TV, go to sleep. And he thought, that is too boring of a life. What kind of life is that? It's so mundane. It's so basic. He felt like there was more on the inside of him. But he didn't know Jesus yet, and so he decided to experience the things of the world. And the, the thing about God is that God places gifts on the inside of every single one of us before we are born. He knows you uniquely. He, he designs you. He thinks about you, and he places gold on the inside of you from the start, from the beginning. And so God had placed those gifts. But when those gifts are not aligned with, the, with God and with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, they're not used for good, they're used for evil until the encounter comes. And so my dad started to experience, you know, drugs. And he actually, um, my dad was such a good salesperson. That was the gift on his life. He's very influential and he, he could sell anything. So he thought, I'm not just going to try the drugs, I'm going to sell them. And he became the best drug dealer apparently our town had ever seen. In fact, he introduced drugs into this town of New York. He sold to his fellow students, his teachers. He sold to federal agents. Um, as a teenager, by the time he was 17, uh, and, and he was turning 18, but he wasn't 18 yet, he was about to uh, get his high school degree. And instead of standing on a stage receiving his degree was the day that he had gotten found out for um, selling to a federal agent, and it happened to be a sting operation. And he found himself not on a stage, but in handcuffs. Then uh, he goes on all kinds of things just in, you know, his family life. His, his brother, he and his brother were really close in age, and they kind of did everything together. They were like the heroes of the town. They were both uh, the, the football stars, and they were the, the lifeguards of the lake and all of these things, you know. And, um, and then uh, after college and, and, and working, um, his brother, my uncle, one day after work, just was going to his car kind of late at night, sees something happening with his car, says, hey, what's going on? And a man was robbing his car. And the man just got out, had a gun, shot him three times in the heart dead on the spot. Devastating for the family. So close to his brother. A mindless, meaningless crime that he didn't recover from. Uh, just all kinds of things. Later on in life, uh, my dad actually experienced um, one time in our family, it was like a barbecue, and, and he was going to turn the gas on, and um, he did not know it, but there was a leak, and the gas had been filling up, and when he lit the match, the whole thing exploded, and his, his um, arms and, and a lot of his body, the skin started just to melt off of it. That's how strong it was. These are real life things that happen. I'm just sharing with us some of the backstory because you're going to find maybe yourself in one of the stories. Or, and I don't know your story. I don't know your history or where you came from. But I'm just I'm wanting to share with you a little bit real life stories of real life people 
And then my mother, <laughs> she grew up in a Jewish home, um, and when she was uh, about 16, 17, she, uh, somebody came and shared with her about Jesus, and she got radically, radically saved, and she went off to college, and when she went off to college and she came back and told her family that she had gotten saved and she believed in Jesus, Jesus was a curse word in their family, and they were so appalled and so ashamed that she would choose Jesus that they, she went back to school and they actually had her uh, kidnapped. They thought that she was in a cult. They, they believed Christianity to be a cult. And so they had her um, kidnapped uh, by Jewish rabbis, brought to San Diego um, to start doing brainwashing sessions to try to get her to renounce this Jesus that she believed in. Problem was she really believed Jesus. And when she found truth, she would never let it go. Uh, through a series of miracles, I'll tell you in just a little bit, she was rescued out of that only to find herself a little bit later on in life actually in a cult. So we'll get to that. <laughs> Broken out of those things. So you see cult, kidnap. Uh, none of us kids were meant to be born. There were, every one of us, there was complications. She was told to abort. She chose not to. Um, moving on to my sister, um, my beautiful sister. She uh, grew up Christian home, got married, had two kids, and then her husband went off the rails. And my mother, my sister did everything she could to save that marriage. But he wound up abandoning her, leaving the family. I mean, she did everything that she possibly could. And not only was she divorced, but she was abandoned. And the, the, what goes along with that was just so absolutely devastating. She never thought she would find herself as a single mom with two children. Um, and yet that's where she found herself. Uh, depression just coming and wanting to, to take over, as you can imagine. My brother and my sister-in-law, one Christmas morning, uh, they, they dealt with a lot of sicknesses and disease within the family. And, and she, uh, one morning, woke up and there was this rare tumor that she didn't know she had. And she literally fell to the ground and, and almost bled out. They thought that she was going to die. Um, so experienced all kinds of, uh, my family's experienced all kinds of different diseases. My mother went through an eight-year battle of, of cancer. I'll tell you a little bit about that. My youngest brother on this side, when he was 18 years old, he went from Ecuador to New York. He thought he was going to a leadership school only to find out that these people have gone off the rails. No one knew. And they decided that they were going to literally break down the human mind to rebuild them. Uh, he was just going there to learn of the Lord. Um, had no idea what he was stepping into. They bullied him so badly because they found that he was the son of a pastor and they decided to make a, uh, an example out of him. Well, they broke him so down so bad by bullying him that his brain literally shut down and he was left in a vegetative state. At 18 years old, uh, there's a term for it. It's called conversion reaction. It's actually quite uh, most prevalent amongst 18-year-old boys when they're pressured so strongly. And he was actually trying to do everything right um, in the eyes of God and just so much coming at him that his brain couldn't comprehend it and literally shut down. So when I tell you that our family has been through some things, and that's just... A few things. There's so much more that I could share. And I, I say all of that to say, every single one of us, we don't choose our pain journey. We don't choose what family or non-family that we are born into. Sin entered the world. There is not the perfect will of God happening. And we're born into things that we never knew or thought we would experience. 
I want to say this though, but God, but God, God never leaves us where we started. God has a faithful, purposeful plan that I read out right at the beginning of this message, a plan that will come about. He is faithful to his word. And where we start is not how we have to wind up. And I want to tell you, my family went from heartache and pain. How does a father go from a drug dealer to a pastor and a missionary and a business owner? Can you show the next picture, please? And a legacy beyond our wildest dreams or imaginations. That, my friends, is the wonder-working power of God. That is a living God, not a dead God. That is a God of legacy. That is what happens when my dad chose to break the curse, to stand and go, no, not on my watch. It's not going to end with me and my family. I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to break through. This is legacy. My family was set free. They were delivered even my dad, I love to tell the story. You know how I said he got like burnt and his skin literally melted off of his body. They told him he would be scarred for life. Do you see a scar? There are no scar on his body. In fact, he's so Italian that the hair grew back. Yeah. That's an emerge man. <laughs> we always laugh so hard. We look at his arms and I remember where he was burned. You can't see it and the hair covers it. It's great. Um, so, you know, um, my, my dad, I told you about the story of, of his brother. And, and look, evil, evil happened. It wasn't God's intent that his brother would be killed, but God will use everything for his glory. And my dad had gotten saved on a beach in San Diego when he was sent, when the judge said, you can either go to juvie or you can go to college. You don't have a previous record and I see something in you and I'm going to give you a shot and a chance. That's the miracle working power of God. He never was convicted. He never had anything that was going to hold him back from becoming pastor, missionary, all those things. It never went on his record because, of the, because God knows the end of a story not just the beginning and the middle. And he went off to, to, to college. And so um, his brother, after he had gotten saved and his brother had passed away, he actually was called upon by the family to do the funeral. And he went, and he didn't just do a funeral. He preached the word of God. And his entire family got saved through that tragedy. That is the goodness of God. My mother, God gave her just divine wisdom and she was able to break out of uh, uh, where she was kidnapped and she never renounced God um, and, 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 and was able to break through. Like I said, later on, they actually, my, both my parents met each other in college and they had individually gotten saved and then they met at a Bible study on the college campus in Phoenix, Arizona. They joined a Christian group, but um, sadly the leaders of the group, they were Christian, they had prophetic gifts on their life, but they started to go askew, but my parents were so on fire for God that, that they were just doing everything that we're told. In fact, they were told in this cult to give 90% of what they earned and to live off of 10%. How do people know, like, you need to read your Bible? Because I want you to listen to the word of God from me and everybody on this pulpit, but, but if you have questions, by all means, please go to the word of God. The word of God is truth. It stands the test of time. We are not a cult. We break out of those. We want people to think for themselves and to research the word of God for themselves. These cult leaders told my parents that Jesus was coming back so they should sell everything and move to a farm in Missouri and live in a commune, which they did. 
Jesus was coming back, y'all. And so (laughs) that story is too long to tell. Needless to say, they recognize this is not God's word. But do you know what they still believe? That even though somebody tried to skew them off, even giving 90% instead of 10 plus, that because they did it out of purity of heart, God blessed them. God blessed them beyond measure. Those cult leaders told them to get married. They had never dated. My parents never dated. They got married, and they've been married over almost 50 years now because God is honoring to his word. And even when people try to step in and mess it up, if you stand on the word of God and you believe Jesus himself, then you will have life transformation regardless of what was done to you. You can't break out of the power of the living God. He will set you free. He sets you free. So many stories to tell. I don't have that much time. Very quickly, just so I don't leave you on cliffhangers, my sister remarried, beautiful man of God. Not only was she remarried, but she was loved and is loved. And that's a whole different kind of story. They went on to have two more wonderful children. She has four boys. They are both living for God, loving God. God didn't just put her pieces back together. He gave her a new story. And of my sister, we always say our nickname for her is Mother Teresa. She is like the Mother Teresa to Ecuador because she was so broken, so devastated. All she wants to do is give it back because she knows the pain of what it was, of what she went through. But she also knows the goodness of God in the land of the living. She knows mourning can go to joy and joy comes from God himself and she gives it away all the time. Uh, my, sis- my sister-in-law miraculously healed with that tumor. My brother, who was broken down in a vegetative state, I am telling you, it was quite a journey, but we prayed, we prophesied. God gave my father a dream right before it happened to him, and in that dream, God said, I, God, there, the dream was that my brother was going through a very, very long, dark tunnel, but the, at the end, there was this little light, and God said to my dad, he's about to go through something, but he's going to come out of it. The next day is when we got the call that he was glazed over in a vegetative state. I was the one sent from San Diego to New York, and that's how I found him. Eyes glazed over. I couldn't believe my eyes. It it, It was nothing I had experienced before but God. We never stop believing. We never start praying. And I am telling you, my brother is a living testament to the miracle working power of God because whatever that was, whatever label it was, it was broken in the name of Jesus. And he is. He came back with a vengeance. He's like the savviest in our family. We go to him for all kinds of wisdom and technology. His brain is amazing. That's the miracle working power of God. Isaiah 61, one through four says this, there is good news for the oppressed. I would call the the previous picture oppression. Stuff we have dealt with, oppressed, sadness, hurtful. I love that God addresses that in the Bible. He says, there's good news for the oppressed. He says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim the captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. Ever felt like a prisoner to your pain and your trauma? He said, they will be freed. He sent them to tell those who mourn, those who grieve, those who have heartache in their lives. It says, those who mourn at the time of the Lord's favor has come. And with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies, 
To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. That is the wonder-working power of God. No self-help book can make beauty come from ashes, from filth, from evil, from dust. It is God that can take the history and the stories of our past and turn them into a wonderful, marvelous work of God. We are masterpieces. It says they will rebuild the ancient ruins. He will rebuild. Our life doesn't have to stay the way that it was. Repairing cities, destroying long ago, they will revive them. I'm telling you this morning, it's time for revival. It's revival of family. It's revival of history. It's revival of generations. It's revival of legacy. It's revival of dreams beyond our wildest dreams and imaginations. That is the God that we serve. Our life stories can be revival. That only we will look up to God, to the heavens and go, only Jesus could take beauty from ashes. He's so good to us. And the only way is through the Holy Spirit. Some of you might not have heard that before. We know of God, we know of Jesus, but maybe we don't know of the Holy Spirit. And yet the whole Bible and New Testament is rifled with it. So I encourage you to read the word of God. The Bible says that when Jesus came to earth, because he had to reconcile the wrong of the world. Sin did come into the world. It affected the world. Bad things happened to good people. So Jesus was inserted to that story. And Jesus comes to earth, and he gives his life. He takes beatings so that we don't have to. The Bible says heaven come to earth through Jesus himself. Jesus dies an awful, horrific death. But three days later, he resurrects with resurrection power flowing through his veins. That is who Jesus is. Jesus then does all kinds of miracles on earth and then he says you are going to do more than what I have done. Are you kidding me? Have you read the word of God? We're talking crazy miracle stories and God says more you will do with me on the inside of you than what I have done on earth. I am telling you there's all kinds of miracles yet to happen when you invite the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. I can't heal another person, but I can pray and God can move his power and his presence through me and that person can be healed in Jesus' name. I've seen it too many times to not believe. And the Bible says that as Jesus was ascending to heaven, as he was telling his friends and his disciples, it's time for me to go. And they're like, don't go, Jesus. Have you ever had that where, you know, you have that, you know, maybe you've dated before, you have that boyfriend, and they tell you, like, it's better that I go. And you're like, really? Is it? I thought I loved you. I thought you loved me. It's better that it's you. You know, it's me, not you, <laughs> you know. Sometimes we look at Jesus that way, though. And he tells, he tells his disciples, it's better for you that I go. And they're like, no. It's not going to be better. But Jesus is faithful to his purposes and his promises. And he's not like man that man should lie. He's not like man that thinks on external circumstances. He knew what he was saying. He said, better that I go because I'm sending you the one that will be with you always. I am sending you the Holy Spirit that can live on the inside of you, that can lead and guide you every step of the way. It is better that I go. And for those of you that don't believe me, John 16 seven. 
But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship. The Bible says when the Holy Spirit comes, he will never leave us nor forsake us. He will be with us always, even to the end of the ages. I don't have a sixth sense. I've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. God with us can change everything. When you look at the story of my family, there is nothing in our humanness that can make someone go from poverty to wealth. There's nothing in our humanness that can make us go from a relational breakdown to love pouring out of our being. There's nothing that a human can do to make sorrow and pain and grief stop, but God says that grief has an expiration date on it. When you encounter the word of God, and if you asked my family, what is the one thing that shifted your story? Every single one of us will share our encounter with the Holy Ghost. Every single one of us will share, it was that way, but then I encountered a different kind of power. I encountered a different kind of love, an unconditional love of my Savior, and it changed everything. When we receive of the Holy Spirit, we receive miracle working power. Do you know that God placed on the inside of you gifts on, in you? When the Holy Spirit came, he came with gifts, and he brings you these gifts, and I love them. I can't not talk about the Holy Spirit and not talk about some of the gifts, and one of them is speaking in tongues, and the reason I say this is because when you receive the Holy Spirit, it's like... Uh, speaking in tongues, if you've ever heard of that before, it's just a prayer language between you and God. We speak words that we don't understand, um, but God does. Why does God do that? Because sometimes, not even wanting to, we can mess up our own story. We can limit ourselves with our own language. Like, I want to pray in faith, but I have fear. I want to pray in faith, but I have doubt. I want to pray in faith, and I, I don't believe. And so God decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bypass that little knowledge of yours that is limiting the mighty, good, great, crazy, work that God can do. I'm going to bypass some knowledge. I'm going to bring you into a spirit that's not of this world, that is the spirit of the living God. I'm going to give you a language, a prayer language. And do you know that when you pray in a language not known to you, but known to God, it is the Holy Spirit himself praying prayers in the throne room of God on your behalf. The Bible says they are the perfect will of God over you. I don't know how to pray perfect prayers in English, but when I allow my surrender and allow God to speak through me, the Holy Spirit is already working it out. I want to end with a story and three quick points for those of you that are worried that there's no notes to take. <laughs> um, when I was in Ecuador, that last time, uh, on one of the nights, uh, I was like, oh, what are we going to do? It's Friday night. Like, what are we going to do? And my brother, uh, Robert, he's like, oh, I've got the whole night planned. We're going to go bar hopping, like the whole family. And we're like, what? You know, I love it because it's pastors, missionaries. We're going, what? We're going bar hopping? But how many people know that you can actually live in the goodness of God and you don't have to cross over into any kind of sin when you know how to exercise the things that God has given us. So we can have a drink and not get drunk. We can enjoy a wine and not give ourselves over to it. And so 
And we're all pumped up, like, oh my gosh, mom and dad are coming. They're like, yeah, totally. My mom's like, I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. And she's like, I'm going to have one glass of wine. You guys know how I get with one glass of wine. And we're all just laughing. Well, my mom, by the way, I don't know if I told you, she went through that. She went through an eight-year um, battle with leukemia. And um, in, in those eight years, this happened actually just recently. She actually got sick as a Christian. And, and when she did, she just needed, she just started to put faith into action. And she said to me, Stacy, she said, in my battle, she said, one thing I never experienced was fear. And I thought, that's extraordinary. How's that possible? She's like, don't get me wrong. I had bad days and good days. I was, you know, needed to be encouraged. I was discouraged. But I never went to fear because I know my Jesus. And she said she made a determination in her spirit when she got that diagnosis, when her body was riddled with cancer. At one point, 73% of her cells were compromised. And she said, I didn't go to fear because I knew my God is a healer and that I would have faith. And she said, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, she goes, I chose that, that, that I knew my God could heal me. And even if he didn't, she goes, uh, yet would I praise him. Yet would I be, I am going to be healed on this side of eternity or that side, but I'm going swinging. I'm going to believe in full faith for my healing. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. She wanted her faith realized. Eight years later, we received the report, and they said they found no cancer in her body. It's quite extraordinary. She just went on a dream vacation celebrating being cancer-free. Anyways, I'm there. I'm in Ecuador, and we, we go this bar hopping night, and the whole family, and it was so fun. And we were going to all these different spots. We're having, you know, appetizers here and cocktails here and dinner here and going to all these really cool places that exist there now in, in Ecuador. And then we finally wind up at this one place, and it was a place called La Madame. And this was a really unique place. The building was a historic building. It was built in 1910, and it had been res restored. And two brothers um, built this. Um, this this bar and and the ambiance was like the best. Can I just tell you that, Lindsay? Lindsay knows ambiance really well, and the ambiance for you men that don't know, like women like ambiance. So just that's a freebie. Yep. Luckily enough, they also did have good food and drinks, so the guys were really happy too. So it was all good. And so we get there and we're enjoying. And then all of a sudden, the two owners of Madame come over to us. And can we show some of the pictures of, of La Madame? We'll just show what it looks like. How cool does that look? I know. Can all the girls just go, aw? I know. It's so nice. There we all are, just having the time of our lives. And then um, these two brothers, if you can show that last picture, these are the two brothers that owned Madame. And these two, two brothers, they, um, they, they happened to be there that night, and they saw us and started talking to us, and they said, oh, do you want to know the backstory of this place? And we're like, you're talking to all pastors. Like, do we want the backstory? Uh, yes, the backstory is everything. Tell us everything. So they bring us on a tour of this building that had been built in 1910. Uh, there was a woman there and she had owned it and, and there was a whole generations that had lived in that building. And um, as she got older, she really never, you know, kind of did anything with it. They went through the Great Depression. There were wars that had happened and, and all this kind of thing. And, and finally, towards the end of her life, she's like, what am I, what am I going to do with this? place. Her family had since left. They lived in another country. And so she's like, you know what? I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to sell it. These two brothers had a vision for this place. And they're like, we want to restore it back to the 1920s, 1930s era. We're going to make it magnificent. We're going to fly in all this stuff from Europe. It's going to be so amazing. So they bought the place. 
After they buy the place, they decide, well, we need to do a little remodeling. We'll keep the integrity of the building, but want to do a little bit remodeling. And all of a sudden, as they're remodeling the building and they're breaking down some of the walls, bars of gold start falling out. Gems, jewels, jewelry. I'm talking more than you could ever imagine. And they are like, what is happening? And then they realized they bought that place and everything inside of it was theirs. Let me tell you this, church. There is gold on the inside of you, but please do not die with the gold never discovered. That woman, that older woman, she died with the gold inside of her. She decided never to break down a wall, never to do a remodel. She never knew, she never discovered the gold that was inside of the wall, but it took some people with personal ownership and responsibility. There's some of us that need to take ownership and personal responsibility over our temple, over our home. And when we do that, I'm telling you, self-preservation says, don't let the walls down. Oh, 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 the devil would love that. Oh, yeah, they become a Christian, but, but don't ever let anybody in. Don't ever let anybody know the real backstory, the real things that have gone on in your life. Oh, no, play the pretty little picture. But I am telling you today, if us like those brothers, that we, that we decide and make a choice that we are going to tear down the walls, that we are going to let other people in to the story of our life, that we will let the divine working power of God himself come on the inside of us, I am telling you the gold that will pour out. And this is not just physical gold. This is, the, this is who God designed you to be. Three points very, very quickly. One, can we take responsibility for our life? Can we actually do a remodel? Can we walk into this building and not just walk back out, but instead make a friend, go to a connect group, get into Emerge, let the walls down. This year, we have three generations of Capaldi's going to emerge. My father's gonna be there. My brother's gonna be there. My brother's son is gonna be there because I'm telling you, you never arrive. It's always time to let some guards down, to be rebuilt by the word of the living God, to stand on a firm foundation of the principles of the living God. I am telling you, we are a wonder. Life transformation is a wonder. My dad chose to be a curse breaker and his legacy followed. Will you be the one in your family to go, you know what, I'm not content with the way things have been or the way things were or what I was born into. I may not be able to control what I was born into, but I certainly can choose the, the ending of this story. I can choose to live victory instead of defeat when I live on the side of Jesus. Number two, can we invite and receive the Holy Spirit into our lives? The more I live, the more I'm like, I can't do this without him. I don't want to, but I can't anymore. Some of you may have never experienced the power of a living God. You may have known of him. You might even kind of gone on the journey. Oh, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I don't really understand this Holy Spirit stuff, but okay. Listen, God starts with where we're at. All it takes is an encounter with the Holy Spirit. God, I don't get it. I don't understand, but I believe you. I believe your word and allow that transformation to begin. Lastly, three, can we give the wonder away? Can we give the wonder away to others? Those two brothers, they could not wait to tell us that story. And my God, what a story. Some people are like, oh, are you prophesying? I receive bars of gold. 
Andy, come on. <laughs> Wonder working God. I mean, he can do anything. Receive. But those two brothers couldn't wait to share the story. Isn't it the same for us when we get filled by the power of the Holy Ghost? When our life starts to transform, when all of a sudden we go from death to life, when we start seeing a shift in our world and our perspective, all of a sudden, maybe things haven't all worked out yet, but there's a peace that surpasses understanding. When you start to get the transformational power of God on the inside of you, let me tell you, you want to give that away. When I was in Ecuador, my sister was dragging me to everywhere I could go. And she's like, tell this story, Stacy. tell that story. Pray for these people. But you know what? By the end of my staying there, we just started inviting them all into the house. Instead of me just telling the story, I taught them how. I did messages like this. I shared with them how you could be set free and how you could be delivered, that they could learn from themselves because I was leaving. But they could stay. And if they received of the miracle working power of God, then freedom would never end. Can we give the wonder away this morning? Come on, everybody stand to your feet. I just want to do this, and time is, is ending, so I just want you, if, if it's time for you to encounter the power of the Holy Ghost, if it's fine, time for a transitional moment, if it's time to go, I want to encounter the Holy Spirit, would you just begin to pour out of your seat and come forward? This place is an altar. And you know what altars are? They're places where lives can be altered by the power of the living God. So if you're like, you know what? I'm in the middle of a story. I have sickness or disease or I'm dealing with this or that and it's time for me to encounter the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, just come on out. You got this, just come on out, come on out. We're gonna pray, that's all that's gonna happen. We're gonna pray together. But as we pray, we're gonna see the power of the Holy Ghost begin to move. Just come up and feel the front here. And absolutely, can you stay in your seat and receive the power of God? Yeah, but there's something special when you get outside of your seat, outside of your norm, outside of that paradigm and go, I want to encounter a facet of God that I have never experienced before. I wanna feel what it feels like to have the power of the living God come on the inside of me. And let me tell you this with the Holy Spirit, it's not just feelings, okay? Sometimes we don't feel anything and yet in a moment our whole life can change. I don't put God in a box. I don't care if I fall over, stand up, I'm stoic. God can move. I'm not looking for the outward expression. I want to know internally, oh God, I surrender my heart and my life to you. God, do a miracle in it. Some of you, it's time for legacy. It's not too late. It's time for legacy in your family. I am truly believing that through you, people in your family are gonna go, I don't even get it, I don't understand. And you didn't even need, you know, you could, I heard somebody say one time, you don't have to always preach the gospel with words. You can do it with your life. Sometimes it takes no words at all to preach the gospel. You just live your life. And the miracle working power of God that's so transform you will be so catchy to those around you. That's my favorite kind. I have people coming up to me all the time. Hey, can you tell me, hey, can you tell us? And I'm like, I love it. Like. I'm not even trying to share. And can you tell me? I see something different because here's the truth. Christians, Christians and non-Christians go through a lot of the same things. Life happens to us all, the Bible says. But let me tell you, the response of a Christian is entirely different because you have a supernatural power. You have the living God on the inside of you. And I wanna do this right now. If you wanna experience the power of the living God, just begin to lift your hands to the heavens wherever you're at.
Yeah, you can do it all around the building. Lift the, the, the power of the living God. When I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, I can feel him. He's here. He's present, present to heal, present to minister, present to put the broken pieces back together, present like it was for my sister that not only was there a remarriage, but there was a whole new story being written. God is the God of restoration. He's the God of all things possible. Whatever it is you came in here with, why don't you begin to surrender it to God? Why don't you picture that thing, that area of brokenness, that pain, that disease. And as you do in your mind's eye, begin to put it at the feet of Jesus. Begin to put it at his feet because he died and then he rose again to save you and to break you free out of those things in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you right now. And for those of you that, that, that haven't received of Jesus like this before, if you never encountered the Holy Spirit and you want to receive of him for the first time or maybe it's not stale or cold and you want to receive of him again, would you just give me a wave wherever you're at? And I pray for you too as we begin to pray and break these things down. So can you just give me a wave because like I know we got a lot of hands raised. I see that one in the back. Awesome. So good. So good. God is so good. What a good God. All right. Everybody repeat after me because the only way to access the miracle working power is to be saved by that power. So I can't go any further without receiving Jesus himself. So right now, let's all pray as a family and then we're going to bind and break the work of the devil and we're going to receive the power of God. So right now, in the name of Jesus, okay, I want everybody to repeat after me, God. Come on, let's hear it. God, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins. And I thank you, Jesus, for resurrecting three days later with resurrection power. And I thank you, Jesus, for sending me the Holy Spirit I receive the Holy Spirit and every good gift from heaven above I take responsibility for my life and I will live letting the gold be discovered in your name we pray can I get an amen come on amen 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 God is good your hands to heaven. Just close your eyes and raise your hands to heaven. Raising our hands is a sign of surrender. Not my will be done, but yours, oh God, in my life. Oh Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for every hand raised and every heart turned to you, oh God. And Lord, I thank you for the miracle working power of the cross. I thank you, God, that you are so big. You are so vast, oh God, that my mind can barely comprehend your greatness, your goodness, your extravagant, unconditional love. Lord, I thank you for pouring out your spirit upon us, oh God. I thank you that in you all things become possible, oh God, and nothing is too far or too far gone for you. I pray legacy right now. I pray world changers and shifters in this room in the name of Jesus. I pray curse breakers, oh God, generations that will follow these people who believe and miracle signs and wonders follow those that believe. Right now in the name of Jesus, I bind and I break every spirit of fear in the name of Jesus, every spirit right now of chaos. I, I tell you right now to bow your knee. There is no chaos in, in, the, in the power of God. God, you are perfect in health. You are perfect in wisdom and discernment. Right now in the name of Jesus, I bind and I break any shame 
in regards to our life and our history. Oh God, I thank you that you are the shame breaker, that you have given us conviction of spirit, which is very different to shame. Lord, I thank you that you give us hope and a life beyond the things that we have experienced. I thank you that when we go through the fire, oh God, we will not even smell like smoke because of how you have delivered and set us free. So right now in the name of Jesus, I bind and I break shame and fear and depression and oppression. In the name of Jesus, I speak to you, spirit of death right now, speaking words of defeat into people's lives, tormenting them. Right now in the name of Jesus, I bind and I break torment. In the name of Jesus, no more. I speak to you, you witchcraft, trying to place curses that are not of God on people's lives. And we see right now, I see literally witches and warlocks being shriveled up and falling over. God, I thank you right now that their schemes will not work because they don't work against the power of the living God. Lord, you are so much greater. The things of the devil are under our feet where they belong in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that we have a room full of bringers of the good news, that wherever their foot would tread, oh God, that land has been given over to them, oh Father. I thank you that people will go from poverty, God, into the purposes of life, oh God, and they would experience, God, the true wealth that you have for them, Jesus. Lord, I thank you right now for the areas of people's hearts right now that have been so broken and so pained, oh God. Lord, things that we've stepped into consciously and unconsciously, things that have happened to us. And right now, oh God, I pray right now a wave of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit coming in, flushing those things out like a great wind coming and knocking them over. Lord, I see you, Holy Spirit like a great surgeon with your needle and your thread, mending the human heart. Only you can do that, God. Only you can give us joy for sorrow. Only you can give us not fleeting happiness, but joy that comes each and every morning. Great is your faithfulness to us, oh God. And Lord, lastly, I pray, would you set our hearts on fire where we may become the greatest evangelists of our time, oh God, that our uniqueness and our personality that you do not transcend will share of the goodness of God in our neighborhoods, in our parks, in our schools, in our businesses, oh God. May this city, Salt Lake City, become so sweet that people would drive from all other places to come and experience the miraculous working power of the cross. There will be nothing like and people will be drawn. I see them coming in droves saying, I heard that miracles happen here. I heard about this Jesus that is different to what I have heard before I see church. I see them coming. And like living water, I see streams flowing out. This will not be too hard for you. You'll be ready. You'll be ready. You are well equipped to tell your story. You are well equipped to receive of the Holy Spirit and then give him away because there's miracle signs and wonders and a supernatural spirit for all of us. How good God is. Come on, can we get a cheer and a praise for our God who is good. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. 
We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.